Well, hello everyone. Um, you'll notice that there's no intro music this week. That's because we just really wanted to um, break down what's going on with this RuPaul versus the Vixen. It's not really a versus situation. So we just wanted to have a serious discussion about the topic and what happened on the reunion. We'll touch on some fun stuff as well, but we've just been reading a lot, hearing a lot of comments and commentary that are not from people of color. And in my opinion, that just makes it completely irrelevant. Um, We'll get more into that as the discussion continues, but I just think that, you know, I'm going to play my black card for you all, and we're going to talk about being queer and being black and um, how this relates to the Vixen and RuPaul situation. So, um, yeah, we're just going to dig into that a little bit. Definitely. uh, (laughs) I personally won't be talking about being black and queer. So (laughs) I just wanted to say that from the start to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we don't want this to be too heavy, right? Like, there's just a lot of people that are making comments that are way off base and just completely uneducated. They don't have the experience or the background to be able to have this discussion, especially without another person of color in the room. But we're going to try to have fun and be ourselves still. Definitely. Um, so we said this on our main episode, and I wanted to say it again as a prelude to our discussion. What happened on the reunion isn't a one person wins, one person loses situation. What was happening on the show was a discussion and it didn't get to be finished because one of the people in the discussion decided to leave in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, we're not, we're not pro RuPaul. We're not pro t- the Vixen. We are going to be presenting to you our opinions as both sides because yes. no one was right ultimately and no one was wrong ultimately Mm -hmm. people seem to have been very quick to demonize rue and saying oh the vixen is so right she just totally let rue have it oh asia stood up to rue you know i don't think that that is necessarily what happened to the degree of what people are saying Definitely not. Um, And that's where it all begins, because really look at this, people. This is not a race issue. This is a matter of professionalism. And like Ruth said, knowing how to act and present yourself and how to respond to people. It's too easy to make this a race issue. We were trying to talk at the reunion about what happened on the show. We have to talk about what happened on the show. Had the Vixen stuck around, we probably would have gotten to those rosier questions. You know, what have you learned? How has this made you a better queen? But we didn't get that chance, like Seth said. So um, I guess where it begins is a lot of people are upset with how Rue set it up. You know, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Vixen's most confrontational moments. I mean, what else does she do? That's Um, what was highlighted on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that's what I don't understand about this whole ordeal is that, you know, the Vixen during the season, this is what the Vixen was known for. She was known for the confrontational moments that she had on the show. So it's very, 
surprising to me that she was not expecting these questions to come. Right, like and, it didn't happen. Right, like the confrontation between her and Eureka was one of the bigger confrontations and it just surprised me that when Rue was like pressing on um, the Vixen that Asking the Vixen was so questions. like she was so flustered by it and it's just like okay you've been you knew this was coming you knew all season this was coming I don't understand why you weren't able to say let's move on maybe then we can talk about mm-hmm. these things that you know the fact that she brought up on Untucked mm-hmm. the angry black woman yes. stereotype like I would love to have that discussion because I thought that was very good of the Vixen to bring that up. Oh, definitely. But instead she made it into this confrontation again and just left the reunion. So that's very confusing to me. RuPaul as the host is, we have to talk about what happened on the show and there's going to be follow-up questions. When Ru is asking the Vixen questions, you know, that's the Vixen's cue to answer how she wants But, you know, paint the picture. Just like when you show up on the show, even though you're walking into the workroom saying, I came here to fight, you still have the power over your identity. Fuck editing. They're going to show what you do, what you perform, you know, your accomplishments, everybody's bad side. Whatever you show them is what they're going to share with the world. And like Seth said, this is not anybody's fault, but RuPaul asking you simple follow-up questions. I'm sorry, honey, do you need some public relations training? Answer the question and do it politely. And guess what happens after that? A productive conversation. Ru's doing her job as a host. Nobody said, hey, Vixen, you're acting like an angry black woman. Do you want to tell us about it? Nobody said that. (laughs) Nobody said that. Not once. And because uh, uh, one of the comments I've heard, like people saying online, is that Ru RuPaul looks like the angry father, and I was like, okay, so we're gonna say that about RuPaul. Is that not the whole angry black man syndromes like conversation? Like, yes. In reverse. Yeah, and that's that's just the mess of all of this. Really, it's like other shows, other blogs. You know, you hear the internet say think pieces. I call them stink pieces. All these stink pieces smelling up the internet with mm-hmm. just contradiction everywhere. You're going to sit there and call Rue an angry black man. And, you know, we're getting, we're gassing up the vixen about being the angry black woman. But let's right. talk about the parent thing for a second. So I referenced Top Model season four with Tyra Banks and Tiffany, that big blow up that happened. Um, Tyra said that in this moment, you know, when my mother yells at me like this, it's because she loves me. And these are all Rue's children. So like after the Vixen left and, you know, things got a little heated with Asia, you know, that is Rue trying to be the father figure, trying to be the mother figure, however you look at it. It's because Rue cares and she's having trouble getting through to one of her children. Right. And as far as that moment with Asia, people are really praising Asia for, you know, standing up to the big bully that is RuPaul, you know. And so um, and then they're and then they're saying, oh, well, RuPaul silenced her. She didn't let her finish. So Asia was sitting there getting more and more upset as she continued to talk until the point where she was hysterically crying Mm -hmm. and trying to speak through that. Okay, so that you professionally 
looking from the television standpoint, that's uncomfortable for people to see on television. Uh So from a producer standpoint, I can see Rue being like, okay, we need to rein in this conversation. Right. And also... There's so many contributing factors. Right. And and Asia was just basically crying at RuPaul and not letting RuPaul say anything either to have a conversation about it. Uh So I don't think that i mean i don't think what asia said was wrong mm-hmm. but i don't think that rupaul was wrong for trying to get a word in as well no no and that's exactly right like there's so many things to consider if you're one the creator of this show and you're on this national platform you have to keep things moving just like we were trying to do with this discussion so there was a moment where the vixen basically before things got heated you know, Rue's asking her follow-up questions, and she reads it as, oh, so it's all my fault. When we sat here and had a discussion with Eureka, and pay attention, people, this is not me siding with the white girl, um, Eureka had the ovaries, she had the balls to say, you know what, I was wrong, and I apologize for that, I acted like a damn fool, And Mm -hmm. I thought we talked about it. And, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, you still feel this way, but we talked about it. Um, And she apologized again on national television in front of RuPaul. Mm -hmm. And the Vixen, you have to have the same capacity. You have to have the capacity to do that. Um, I had a leadership training recently at work where we learned all about our personality types and you can't communicate one message. You can't make a blanket statement to the world and expect everybody to take it the same way. You have to edit that message, whether it's four or five, six times, so you can make sure you are reaching the people that you need to reach. When RuPaul says, I know how to act around people, um, that's not saying change who you are. I deal with this all the time at work. Seth and Stoney knows I'm a very passionate person. Um, I do have to be hyper aware of how I act and I don't not saying I'm sitting here bouncing in chairs like the vixen walking out of meetings and boardrooms, but um, you have to compose yourself enough to get your point across calmly. You know, I like to say, give them the HR response. It cuts them just as deep because they know they can't say shit to you. (laughs) It almost makes it worse. You can't just fly off of the handle and expect to collect a, a check after that visit. Like, who's going to hire you back? Who's going to want to work with you if they're just right. seeing you walk out of interviews? And like Rue said, that is not how Rue got into that chair. Um, right. Rue did not change who she is. She's not adjusting her behavior for the white people. But guess what, white people? We kind of do have to do that. But all Rue is saying is, hey, edit. You know, instead of saying it this way, try to say it this way. Right. And and one of the sort of touching on what you just said, one of the things that um, the Vixen was trying to use as uh, her like, I don't know, I don't want to say like her foundation of her argument. But one of the things that she was saying was that interview that that you brought to my attention or not the interview, but at the MTV Awards with Milton Berle. Yes. Um, you know, this old ass, crusty white dude. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, who's from a different time. You know, at that mm-hmm. point, I think RuPaul was was 33 and um mm-hmm. it was so, in 1993 vmas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so I guess there was some sort of conflict before the show. I think maybe he was like doing the dude in a dress sort of like thing yeah. being offensive to her. Well, backstage, um, Uncle Milty, whatever they call him, he was being handsy with Rue, you know, trying to grab Rue's ass and breasts. So Rue came out on stage fired up. In this interview with the Vixen, you know, Vixen says how she was so proud and RuPaul was very Vixen in that moment. And again, this is not attacking the Vixen. I'm just highlighting how we are missing the mark in this discussion. So, you know, the Vixen just sees Ru being sassy, spicy, and getting back at the dude on this national platform, not referencing once what happened backstage. If you're gonna bring up shit like this, you need to do your homework, sweetie. You've got it all wrong. Yeah. You know, it's Rue, what the vixen says. Mm-hmm. She wants to tell the truth. Right. So tell the truth. You know, have your back up. That's right. Do your homework. Don't come out here walking crooked. You know, then people will look at you like you're crazy. So, you know, that's a perfect example because Rue learned from that. I watched um, a clip of Watch What Happens Live, actually. And Rue said, you know, I do regret that. The way I felt after was very insecure. I heard people talking about me um, on both sides. And Rue basically felt like she had to go into hiding for a little bit because who's going to want to work with me? Who's going to want to hire me? I was super pissed and I was hurt, but, you know, how am I going to get bread so I can eat the next day? And this is what the Vixen's not thinking about and what Rue is trying to highlight. Hey, sweetheart, if you want to get through to people, you can still be who you are. You can still have these strong messages as a strong black queen. But Mm -hmm. you've got to make sure you're getting through to people. You can't just storm off and get 14,000 plus likes on a tweet about slavery and oppression. And goodness gracious, everybody, hit those comments and look at how many white faces are talking about oppression. I'm sorry. Ask questions before you make comments. You don't know shit about that. Right. Let the, you know, let the the black American, you know, people, let them be the ones that have the opinions, you know. Right. I mean, I I mean, just maybe sort of to switch uh, gears a little bit. Uh, Monique Hart in this comment, I think, got lost in the show, and I mm-hmm. think it got lost in the discussions mm-hmm. about what happened on the show. Monique Hart spoke about earned authority. Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Catch and that. and what did? I mean, it, RuPaul's been around for t- over like multi- two decades of of being a professional working drag queen. Yes, and is the most famous drag queen so far. Yes. So, peop- I I was listening to her podcast. What's the tea with Michelle Visage? And I listened mm-hmm. to the one with uh, where Aaliyah was the guest. Okay. And so wait, Aaliyah before, uh huh. Have you listened to that one yet? No. Do you mean Ashanti? Girl, you gotta listen Ashanti. To Ashanti. Girl, I was like, wow. wait, what? Do we have a holographic technology? Are we back from the grave? Sorry, More than a woman? <laughs> I am going to apologize because that makes me look ignorant. Um, no, that's fine. I, I knew who you were talking about. With Ashanti. So, um, so she was talking before Ashanti came. They in their pretty talk, she was saying why the press always has to say like in self-proclaimed king of pop about Michael Jackson. Like nobody's coming from Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, you know they'll say like the self-proclaimed king of or queen of pop is been Madonna. Yeah. So it's like why do they say that? And it's like no one 
can stand up to the body of the work or cultural impact these people have, you know, have done. So mm-hmm. people say, she also said, people say about Rue that she's quite possibly the most famous drag queen. Well, what drag queen is more famous than Rue? You know, she's the most successful. Facts right. are facts, America. Facts are facts. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even a question of fame. It's like Rue has the experience. She's lived it. She's come up through the 80s and the tough time, you know, as a young Being gay a club queen, kid. a club kid, breaking through all these barriers. You can't Multiple just, TV shows, Multiple movies, radio shows. Radio shows, um, podcasts. You can't, you can't just get behind a microphone or behind your keyboard and say, hey, it's 2018 and why are you being racist? Are you kidding me? Like, Rue's not trying to be racist at all. Rue is trying to groom these queens to be just as successful, if not more, than she is. And if you can't take some tough love, maybe this is not the right business for you. Maybe you should just stay in the corner of Southside Chicago if you can't handle constructive criticism. You know, that's just how I feel in corporate America. I've had yeah, to swallow. Like I'm not touching that one. <laughs> I've had to swallow a ton of tough pills, and I know it's just me being fiery. It's just my personality. There are times where I'm like, "Damn, again!" Like, let me look at my skin color again, because for the longest time before I left Alaska, you know, I tried not to see, you know, the racial issues of the world. Alaska is a very mixed place. It's hard to believe, but Anchorage, where I'm from. You know, it's a melting pot. So I didn't run mm-hmm. into any direct issues with race until I moved to Indiana. So, you know, these things do happen in 2018. We can't just get on our platforms and say, oh, it's 2018, get over it. In the Vixen's yeah. defense, we still are dealing with these issues. But for RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, Monet said it herself in a quote, this season had eight out of 14 queens of color. Who else is going to do that? Do you really want to fire RuPaul and put some, um, you know, some old, you know, executive that has no idea about black history, um, people of color's history or experiences? They don't know how to talk to people from different backgrounds. You know, no offense to Aquaria, but I would foresee a whole season of like, you know, 14 to 16 Aquarias. You know, that's not how this works. We can't throw Ru off of the, the... you know, this monstrous platform she's created and expect someone to do it better. Right. And I like watching as somebody that watches a ton of reality TV, I would say honestly that RuPaul's Drag Race is probably the most diverse cast year in and year out versus any other reality show. Like if you watch Big Brother or like Survivor, it's like 16 white people, a black guy, a black girl, and maybe like a Mexican or person. Asian. Right. Yeah, a gay yeah. person. So it's like people are coming so hard on Rue about all these like issues about race. And it's like if you or actually... having bio queens on the show also, people give her a hard time. Right. And it's like if you look at the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race each season, there's so many diverse queens. Most There's always multiple minorities there's like Mm -hmm. more than half the cast is from a different race besides white or yeah and the fun part about it too is you know a lot of these queens live in the same cities you know look at kim chi look at naomi smalls you know we've got soju coming up and we've had bob the drag queen as a winner um Mm -hmm. not really racial but you know ginger minge another big queen she got to the top you know we have to look at all these things outside of race and we've acknowledged before that the show's fans does have an issue with race. Um, it saddens mm-hmm. me that more people with 
podcasts, blogs, or working for, you know, various publications don't have the sense enough to critically think or ask people who have lived through these experiences what their thoughts are. You know, we've got Bob the Drag Queen out here, Monet, um, you know, even Shay will get into that drama a little bit, but, you know, Mm -hmm. these strong queens of color who are out here supporting the show. And And Aja, Aja. Fifi, other, you know, not necessarily black Mm -hmm. American, but all people of color, people, you know, speaking out, so. And the problem with America today is, you know, (laughs) people don't ask questions. They... They comment, and that's all they do. You know, nobody's talking to Bob. Nobody's talking to Monet. Nobody's really talking to the vixen. They just see a queen getting stomped on, and they have no idea why. You know, I think the vixen's really going through something. I think that she can come back from this, but if she... Like Rue said when she was talking to Asia, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. And the vixen at this moment is not ready to receive what Rue was trying to give her. And I think it was Blair St. Clair that said, you know, some you have to be willing to accept love too. Right. I appreciate that's like Asia's. The quote, yeah. That's like it's like uh people you can only I think it's from Perks of Being a Wallflower, but it's you only accept the love you think you deserve. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that could be I mean, I know I have that issue. I'm not you know, not <laughs> as far as the race thing, but like just well, no. in general. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, like the both of you, and I'm just using you guys as examples because you're probably the closest to me in this scenario. You know, you know how to ask questions. You know how to critically think. You don't jump to conclusions just because you don't like how Rue is talking to somebody. You know, for me, I took the whole exchange with Vixen and Rue as, yes, a father yelling at the teenage son. You know, man in a dress, whatever, you, however you want to look at it. But it's yeah. like, hey, wake up. Like, I'm trying to give you the tools that got me to where I am. And if you're not right. willing to be open, you know, it's not going to work if it's uh, if it's a one sided, a one way street. It has to be two ways. Right. And and that's the thing that people forget is we didn't get to see the end of the conversation. We don't know what else Rue had to say about this. Uh-huh. So to think that Rue is being dismissive of the vixen, I think, is unfair. Um, I know people, a lot of people are highlighting um, in season one when t- uh, in the reunion when Tammy Brown was really trying to lay it in, lay in about how th- they didn't get her and they didn't understand her and they were laughing at her. And, and Rue said to them, she said, you know, you're part of the competition. You know, you forgot that you're a star. You're here because you're a star. Right. The drag queens are there because Rue thinks that they are stars. Mm-hmm. And that is the same for the Vixen. The Vixen is a star and Rue is not saying she's not a star. And Rue is not saying what the Vixen said does isn't important. What the Vixen said is important. But what Rue is trying to say is that you need to think about how you're presenting the information. Mm -hmm. She's not saying to be quiet. She's not trying to silence Asia. Right. I think that's what, mm -hmm. sorry, I think that's what set, you know, Vixen off because shortly thereafter she left. But, you know, I think of it from like a corporate perspective because I, you know, I've worked in the corporate world for 10 years now. And you have to learn how to have discussions with people that you necessarily may not like or you may disagree with. And you have to do it in a way that is respectable and 
willing so that the other side is willing to come meet you halfway Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what rue was trying to say rue wasn't saying like oh if you see something just shut your mouth and don't worry about it rue was saying pick your battles don't start fights that aren't yours to start and the big sin in in aquaria and cracker miss cracker yeah yeah Yeah, so i mean i don't think you know rue saying oh well you shouldn't you know like the South side trash thing that uh, Vixen did like uh, uh, in her hometown. Right. Like, I don't think Rue's saying don't do that. I think Rue's saying you don't always have to get in a confrontation. You have a choice. And what comes of this situation? Like you can say something sure, but then what happens mm-hmm. after is what matters. You know, do you, right. do you really have to say something? Nobody's telling you to be quiet because, Oh, you're the angry black queen. It's, no, girl, you're starting mess, okay? If it's your best friend, if it's a good Judy, give them the mm-hmm. tea. But, you know, yeah. do that privately. <laughs> right. And and so, like, I went, kind of wanted to, you know, have a conversation as far as, like, the whole, like, television taping aspect of it. So a lot of people are saying that they only sh- are showing this one narrative of the Vixen. So you know how they tape TV shows is, especially in reality shows, they're taping... They're catching everything. Everything. And then at the end of the season, they say, what's the story arc for the, you know, what is the story that we want to tell about this? So this is not a documentary about the Vixen this season. So we didn't get to see everything Mm -hmm. that, you know, every friendship that she made. And we didn't get to see every, you know, every little nuance of what happened behind the scenes. And I know she wishes that a lot of that was shown. But these pe- these people have a limited time to show a story about the entire cast. And again, you know what you're signing up for. And like I mentioned earlier, when you walk into that workroom, you know, the judges don't like queens to overproduce themselves. But you can be a human being and, you know, respond to people and present whatever image you want. And, you know, they're going right. to they're going to put on what works. And it's it's your then duty to keep that up or, you know, make comments about however you thought it aired. But, you know, you have right. to do that productively. You can't just say, oh, it's because I'm black. You know, if, if it were Aquarius sitting over in the chair, bouncing up and down throughout the whole season, <laughs> you know, we'd, yeah. we would be having the same discussion. And I know people don't like Eureka, but how Eureka handled that is, you know, the way it should have gone. Yes, girl, I'm sorry, too. Um, it might be a hard pill to swallow, but sometimes you need to do that to make progress. Right. And, and another thing people were saying, well, why why didn't they go after the Vixen on All Stars 2? They went after Adore. And by the way, Adore is not white. But um, so. <laughs> correct. Um, correct. <laughs> Get so, off of Wikipedia, um, fools. <laughs> um, but they so they like they got Michelle out of bed to go do this taping. Well, who says that didn't happen? We didn't see it this time because this was more of a formal TV taping. This is a reunion. This and is the reality. All, and it's All Stars 2. These queens yeah. have genuine relationships with Michelle Visage and Rue and Ross. You know, these queens know them, have their numbers. They're like, hey, girl, what's really going on? And Rue right. gave Asia that chance. Um, we're running a little long on this. But, you know, Asia was presented the question, what would you have done? What would you have said? And blame it on the heightened sensitivity of the scenario. But she really couldn't answer it. And it's because she's not ready to receive those critiques. 
Right. And, and you can't always fix the problem in the moment because even Asia said, you know, even I didn't go after the vixen. Mm-hmm. So so it's like sometimes, you, you know, I don't want to say the vixen came into it knowing this is what she wanted to do because this is how she wanted the narrative to be. Because if you do cut the conversation off where you're on the high point of it, then you do look like the that you know that you won i guess if you want to say that so um so yeah so just i guess to wrap up the conversation mm. i d- we're not trying to say the we're not trying to shit on the vixen at all no a lot of what she says has validity i know in her insta live she talked about a lot about feeling like eureka was only talking to her as the show is airing during parts where they were going to have conflict in an order to minimize the conflict yeah but but so it's like I I think that I think that's very valid and I'm sure she probably did but it's you know and the, not, in the moment just, that's how she felt right and right, I'm sure Eureka's and, playing the game too right like Eureka knows like I'm sure Eureka doesn't like the vixen but Eureka's being cordial so she's not going to like cordial. she's not going to like cause a big scene right she is just trying right. to get through the taping and move on be a professional. So, <laughs> No one's saying. If anyone hey, played, mm, God. If anyone played the game the best, it was probably fucking Cameron because <laughs> she <laughs> didn't say anything yeah. the whole season, so that nothing controversial <laughs> could have been caught on tape. So the vixen is literally the antithesis of like this whole like argument, right? And just to wrap it up on this, because we have some fun stuff we want to talk about. Um, you know, I feel for the vixen because I've been there and. I'm coming to you all super level. Like, I know what the Vixen is feeling and going through. Maybe not in the RuPaul's Drag Race sense, but I've worked damn hard to get to where I am in corporate America. And there are still days where I feel like, is this where I need to be? And these are these are real things that we deal with. But at the end of the day, if I want to keep getting paid, if I want to keep making progress, I'm not changing who I am, but... I know how to communicate with people. And again, not shitting on the vixen, but you have to be willing to learn and listen and receive the message as hard as it may be. Take the critique and learn from it. Don't come out here on this unapology tour and look at your comments, sweetie. Like all of these people that are gassing you up and liking your shit and commenting, they Mm -hmm. ain't, they ain't black. They ain't even light brown. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah. what what do they really know about you they're just giving you the clicks and helping you eat that way sure but how long is that gonna last what happens when that fizzles out you have to be right. able to think ahead that way and that's what rupaul's trying to get through and all you dimwits out there going against rupaul well guess what you wouldn't have a show or a blog if it wasn't for the show so what are you gonna right. do if rupaul's drag race ends just think about that no. None of these 130 <laughs> whatever queens would be where they are without this platform. Right. So just to dismiss Rue, I think, is really not the, the thing to do. Um, it's not very queen-like. Just, no. So, um, oh God, I'm just like, keep want to keep going. <laughs> but I know we should. We don't want to run this too long no, for you guys. We can, we can talk about this for hours. But the difference between um, what I will say is, you know, everybody has their opinion and Everybody should listen to each other, but that's the key point. You got to listen. And if you're going to have conversations about people of color, you need to include people of color in that conversation before you just fly off of the handle and make sideways ass comments that make you look ignorant. 
Right. And I guess just like just like one kind of small point I wanted to make is that all these a lot of the fans are like kind of what you're saying like gaslighting the vixen and be like oh like you're the best like thank you for saying what you're saying and i'm sure those people relate to her and those people are hearing her message so that's good but at the same time people when whenever we have the fifi conversation people don't want to hear it they say oh well you said what you said fifi yeah there's no editing they right. didn't edit to make you look like a villain you're the villain you're mm-hmm. that girl you we we knew you were uh-huh so the same applies here fifi's also not white so <laughs> um so it's like so it's like if we're gonna say oh like yeah the vixen yeah the vixen then people need to chill the f out about fifi and get and listen to her and give her a chance to seth knows i was one of those people i was like oh fifi girl you said what you said but you know i came around but for me (laughs) maybe it's because i'm a black queen it was never like a race thing for me like that's just the easy out and i am never here for an easy out yeah, Jamal and I definitely, and I think maybe Sony also definitely had some heated conversations during All Stars too about Fifi. <laughs> so it's like I felt like I was like championing her to like excess almost, and it's like almost annoying. Like I felt almost <laughs> annoying about it. Well, no, you so, brought us, you brought us around though, you know. So I just like this, like even beyond this TV show, like the way I view the world, I need to, see, I see my perception, and I want to see other people's perceptions i don't think anything in this world is infinite i think that there are two sides to every story at least maybe even more and and it's important to see that because in every situation not one person is is total you know is right in totality right and not one person is wrong in totality there is a mixture in every situation and and if that you know sort of like mentality rubs off on anybody just in general like you could bring a lot of people like peace because Mm -hmm. i used to be like get so fired up about all this stuff like i used to be a mouthy little bitch at work (laughs) and like just in general same here (laughs) as i've gotten older even at the vixen's age i was probably a mouthy little white bitch (laughs) 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 um you know but but i'm like a little bit older now and i've had more experiences and i have matured and i know when to pick my battles i think for the most part yeah (laughs) well we've all learned from ourselves and other people right so in the end i think the vixen can do this it's just very hot right now so hopefully once things calm down and you know she digs more into herself and it's it's easy to get caught up in social media i think she just needs to focus on her and just you know grow from this i think she can do that still Right. Well, I mean, Black Girl Magic is happening tomorrow, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, that's, I'm interested to see what all, like what performances and what happens at that. I'm going to see if there's any messages that come out of it. Yeah. Could be interesting because Bob and Shay are both going to be there after we talk about this Twitter situation. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually a great segue. We can actually um, go into that a little bit. Seth's probably more versed on that current situation than we are. Girl, I was like following the situation. I was like, "Ooh, girl, look what she said. Oh, look what happened." So you were um, catching it live then. Yeah, I was like catching it cuz I think it spilled from Sunday night into Monday morning. Okay. And so basically what had happened was the Vixen made a post and her post um 
was let's see oh her post says so disappointed in anyone saying that i shouldn't be challenging the system this mindset did not free the slaves it didn't win us gay marriage and it won't get trump out of office we should challenge a system that oppresses us and so bob comments and says wait 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 i'm confused are you comparing being on rupaul's drag race to being enslaved and the vixen says not at all i'm talking about what it takes to make progress so there's a little bit of a exchange there (laughs) there definitely is um i got caught up this morning and what kills me about fucking twitter and facebook is people want to get all high and mighty on these social platforms and then you want to run to oh girl but you have my number though why didn't you just text me well because guess what like what people aren't talking about even with this rupaul vixen situation and now into this you know there's different black experiences my black experience is not the same as the vixen so you know bob is just responding publicly because you commented that publicly isn't it our responsibility to share our experiences (laughs) it it almost seems as if the vixen and and shay were trying to silence bob look at that oh my gosh whoa holy (laughs) shit mind blown (laughs) more more contradiction so if people post on insta or like or twitter or whatever i'm not gonna be like hey girl that tweet you just post like i just respond to their tweet because i'm on twitter i'm seeing their comment on twitter right i you know i'm gonna respond on twitter and if you tell me girl you have my number i will tweet you back oh really bitch (laughs) (laughs) because your true friends and your true sisters drag you when you need dragging Mm -hmm. sweetheart I get, right. I get what the Vixen is saying here, and I think it's a wonderful message. However, it just seems like, to me, Misplaced. her coming after RuPaul's drag race, and or RuPaul saying, like, RuPaul's telling me not to challenge the system, just seems very misguided to me, and maybe I... That's a better word. I guess, you know, maybe from my perspective as a white person, I it doesn't make as much sense to me, but it just seems like... I just think she's coming down on the wrong thing. Like she needs, like RuPaul is not a part of the problem, right? Like no. there's so many other problems. RuPaul has a show about drag queens, many of them people of color, mm-hmm. and is giving them this platform to basically grow their brand, grow their business. I don't understand how that is part of the problem. <laughs> right. So, so, um, to to you know as far as like this like whole twitter situation after the initial vixen bob situation bob posted a tweet that said if i'm talking to another black person about what it means to be black in america i don't need a bunch of white people chiming in exactly we got this hello hello (laughs) calm your tits let us yeah. have a conversation. You just take notes and eat popcorn like calorie carb dash yeah. back there. Yep. <laughs> you just you just eat your popcorn and take notes because nobody ever listens. And this is where it's most important. Um, the vixens just hurt right now. It's it's like I said earlier, it's too easy to go to this being a race issue. So that's why I'm so happy that, you know, Monet Exchange and um, Bob, you know, they're calling this out. It's like, no, sweetie, that wasn't my experience and I can say that. Right. Don't silence right. me. I can share my experience right. and contrast because that's how progress is made, right? Right. 
So then when, you know, like when, you know, Shay Kool-Aid chimes and says, you could do this in private to avoid having to make this tweet, you know, it's just like, and then, you know, Bob says, y'all kill me with this publicly tweeting. You could text, tell me the irony is not lost on you, which is kind of what we were saying. Like they're trying to silence Bob basically. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Shay says, I was just trying to point out the fact that if you don't want public opinions on certain conversations, keep the conversation private. You could have easily texted her, but instead you took it to Twitter and then the spectators and then tell the spectators not comment. Well, see, and I think it's, um, I get what Shay is trying to do, but um, no, thank you, Shay. Um, People like, that the vixens following need to read comments like that because again you know the three of shay vixen bob their black experiences may be very similar but they're not the same if you want a real view of what it is to be a black queer in america you need to take in and digest all of these comments and not jump to conclusions about shit you don't know about and let it sit and simmer before you just like say whatever the first thing that comes to your mind is too. you know that's we've had a few days to digest this whole um you know the reunion show so now we can maybe have like a more calm rational conversation even than yesterday when i was heated so fired up after we did a little (laughs) homework you know we listened to more than a few shows i read more than a few blogs and you know articles over the weekend we needed some time. That's what people with sense do. You know, digest, cool right. it down, at least for the sake of your image, right? Compose yourself yeah. enough to have an educated conversation. Right. And while we are talking about, you know, the experience of being black and American, I thought that Asia's outfit at LA Pride was very interesting. She had a very flowy, plain, simple, uh, not white, red dress Mm -hmm. on. And she had like sort of, I guess, what would you call it? Like a face stocking like over her head? Yeah, very Lady Gaga, Grace Jones, you know, just like a sheer headpiece, but not really a headpiece. It's just a cover. So you can see the shape of um, Asia's face and head. It's just wrapped in this like silky... um, chiffon kind of fabric yeah and you you just don't necessarily see her or the color of her skin Mm -hmm. so i think her message became you know when i saw the initial pictures i was like "Ooh, this is definitely a message yeah and then when she posted the picture it was edited in a way that was even more direct in the message she was trying to per you know to show she edited it to you know where it's very like very dark on the outside mm-hmm. and like even you know she's you know in there in her little rectangle that she's supposed to be standing in and it's you know she's very much not seen basically mm-hmm. so i think her outfit was very much a comment on what had just happened at the reunion as, and as being a black american yeah there's just so many feelings and thoughts that can go into this discussion different experiences different perspectives And it's a lot, but, you know, being a black person in America, you don't have to tell me (laughs) how angry to be. You don't have to tell me how to act. You know, RuPaul, if I were in the vixen shoes, RuPaul's not telling me how to act. You know, I'm receiving tools from somebody who cares about me to get me further in this world so I can control, keep control of my message and make sure that reaches more than just my little quiet, angry corner. Right. And and I wish we could have seen the end of that conversation on the reunion. Like I really wish I could we could have seen where where it was going to be taken. You know, perhaps the 
the brew was going to say, you know what, you're, the, me- the message that you said was very interesting or like, what have you done pe- after the show? It's like, well, they didn't really highlight what everyone did after the show. They just sort of rehashed Blair's sexual assault. They rehashed Dusty's, um, you know, issues with their parents. They rehashed Monet's issues with their parents. Yeah. They didn't ask what they were up to. Right. But people are focusing. Why didn't they ask the Vixen, like all these great things that she's done after the show? She didn't give her the yeah, chance. Yeah, I or? mean, just to play devil's advocate, because I have been thinking this, you know, I think, and it's, I think it's wrong to like say like, and we've already said this, but like, we're not re- really taking sides, right? Vixen versus Rue. I think if Rue could have done it over again, maybe Rue could have framed the question in a way that was more or less confrontational. So instead of saying, well, Vixen, you don't have to say, like you could choose to be silent. Maybe Rue asked the question, Vixen, so your response is like to Eureka, how, like, why is it that you have these responses? What is it from your life that makes you do things like uh, react to the way that you did to Eureka? That way, maybe Vixen could give that message out. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, you know, at the end of the day, Rue and Vixen have a lot in common, right? And it's they passion, can, right? Right, and they could learn from each other, but I don't know. I think it was just, like, one of those situations that was lose-lose. Like, right. you know, Rue well, was trying to ask the question. Yeah. And again, you know, people's experience are different because as soon as Rue said that, you know, my initial thought, because I thought of myself... Yeah, I don't have to say something. If something pisses me off, if I know I'm going to go to 100... I need to take a beat and think before I speak. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. needs to do this in the world. It's not just because the Vixen's a black queen. You know, everybody on that stage. I have to do this myself. Yeah, everybody on that stage, everybody in this world, you know. I get heated and like I want to take it to ten, you know to ten real quick. A lot of times, mostly at work when I get frustrated Mm -hmm. or whenever I'm having you know conflicts, but. Now I've got, I've learned that I need to sort of take a moment because I know I'm going to react at 10. I need to wait till I get back to like a three or a four or five, you know, That's right. That's and then right. I can talk. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, just to sort of wrap this up, because this is a little longer than we were hoping or intending it would be. Um, and this is a discussion. So this is pretty, this is, I don't really plan on editing much of this. So this is how the conversation happened. And if you want to continue the discussion, if you don't agree with our decision or like what we're saying, I would hope you do because where this is the only RuPaul podcast with featuring a person of color that I've listened, been able to listen to so far. I know there are others out there, but I haven't seen any of them posting their episodes yet. And with but all base, mm-hmm. go ahead, go for it. <laughs> I was, Sorry. I was going to say before we go with all due respect, you know, and again, in my experience, I like to think that I'm a really good listener. I can talk to people. Give us your honest feedback, but come correct. If if you don't look like me, I'm going to assume that you've talked to somebody who looks like me or that you, you can't just say, oh, I have a black friend. You need to talk to somebody and make sure those questions mm-hmm. are well-formed and thought out or I'll just trash it. And that's just because, oh, this person doesn't know shit. I want to give you a chance, yeah. but you need to work that brain a little bit before you ask me a question. And just because you have a black friend doesn't mean that friend endorses what you're saying. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> and also, um, just because hello. you have one black friend doesn't mean it's the same experience for all black people. Exactly. Right. Sips tea. 
So especially with this episode, we like to keep this a conversation with the people that are listening. Mm -hmm. So if we have said something that you don't necessarily agree with, or if you want us to elaborate more on, you can email us at TFCPod. If you need some space, you can DM us on Twitter. We will be happy to respond to anyone that writes us. Yes, that's tfcpod at gmail.com we also have our facebook set up it's not very active but wherever you can send us a message uh, we'll be checking we'd love to hear your feedback and you know thank you guys for setting this up the way we did because i think we had a productive conversation here and we're not alienating either side you know i still support the vixen and i wish her the best and you know we want to hear from you definitely and uh, on that note Thanks for coming, everyone. Bye. Ta-ta. Cue the music. Bye. Thanks for coming.